Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Now back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. As promised, we're talking Husker baseball here on the show. Four games set for the Huskers against Grand Canyon starting today. Then, of course, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We go to our VIP line brought to you by Aloe Fiber, where they understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. We welcome in Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald. It's a day late. That's completely my fault, Evan. I appreciate your flexibility. Um, how was Globe Life Field? It was great, Austin. I mean, it's... Uh... You know, it's a, it's a billion-dollar venue, and it looks like it with the concessions and the field size and the roof, and it's adjacent to Jerry World there with the Cowboys. And, uh, yeah, really cool setting, Pretty uh, even kind of made neater by the fact that its occupant just won the World Series last year as well. So really, I think, fun way for the players and coaches to start the season, too. One and two record for the Huskers in these first uh, the first series of the weekend. Pretty high level baseball, though I would say, Evan, all around. Before we dive into the specific games, how do you feel about the way Nebraska played? Was it a good weekend despite the one and two record? Was it a disappointing weekend because you didn't get more wins? How should Nebraska feel coming out of that weekend? I mean, I think it's a mix of emotions, kind of all of it. I mean, the Baylor win was one you had to have. I think that's a team that struggled last year. And it probably will struggle still a little bit this year. Um, you know, and, and Texas Tech was ranked, and that was a game that was tied into the ninth. And, um, you know, Nebraska just couldn't hold up from a pitching perspective. And then Oklahoma, I mean, they were an out away. When you get one more out, you win the thing. You are you have a positive weekend and a positive record. And I think that, you know, externally can change how a lot of people saw what happened? So, there, no doubt. I mean, you, you miss some opportunities there. If you're in, on the at-large bubble come May, I think those are two wins you really will wish that you had. But conversely, they don't kill you. I mean, those are two good teams. I think that they lost to Oklahoma could be ranked within a few weeks, just kind of by the look of their team. And then you just kind of look under the hood a little bit with what Nebraska has. I mean, I think offensively, you saw some good things. You just didn't see the clutch hits. And there were a number of times when they lined out to infielders against Texas Tech and Oklahoma and in key spots where if one of those balls gets down, uh, you have an extra run or two, and it probably makes the difference in the game. So, like, offensively, that's how thin that margin is. And then from a pitching perspective, the thing I keep going back to is uh, there was some command showed by pitchers that we didn't see last year. I mean, a year ago through three games, they were about a one-to-one strikeout-to-walk ratio, which is not close to where you want to be. And right now it's uh, 28 to 11, 28 strikeouts, 11 walks issued. You can build on that. And that's not just with like one or two guys. That was, uh, you know, multiple bullpen pieces, new starters, guys that they haven't seen compete in an actual college baseball setting. And so I think that's a great start. And then you just also kind of have to realize that with all these transfers, freshmen, newcomers that are in the mix in the bullpen, like it's just going to take a little bit of time to figure out 
roles and figure out uh, you know who's a gamer who can who can uh, you trust in some of those high leverage spots and so that's all still coming together I think there were a lot of positives uh, you know from freshmen like Tucker Timmerman mm-hmm. and Ty Horn to what Brett Sears did as a starter Will Walsh picked up where he left off last year so a lot of positives there they're just I think needing to figure out still um, you know just how that bullpen is going to go once the starters out of the game I'm glad you brought up Tucker Timmerman I mean first game of the year he's the first guy we see out of the bullpen for Nebraska uh, the run doesn't get charged to him but he does allow you know the run that gives Baylor the lead Evan, I thought it was a great sign, though, for, for his confidence and that Nebraska's kind of getting back to what Nebraska baseball is best at, that as soon as Tucker Timmerman you know, gets out of that inning having given up the lead, Nebraska answers right back. I mean, that's such a huge confidence boost for a freshman pitcher to be the first guy out of the pen and to know that, hey, I don't have to be perfect because my offense is going to pick me up. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's all, you know, we talk about complementary football all the time. Like, this is complementary baseball, too. I mean, you get the stop, and then you come back, offensively and you get some support and you get some runs and then suddenly on the mound you can breathe a little bit right like it's then it's not about asking your bullpen to protect a one-run lead or you're in this tie game where every single pitch feels like it's huge and can swing the thing you know you get a little offensive support and then i think that it works the other way too quite often through the weekend where uh texas tech or oklahoma would put some traffic on the bases and a pitcher would get out of the inning. Maybe that was Evan Borst. Maybe that was Casey Dice, uh, you know, who finished off the, the first game. Maybe it was, um, you know, some other guys who got in there and, and they, you know, they, they just complimented each other really well, I think in that regard. And that's going to be what it's going to take. I think for this team, this is not a team like last year um, that's going to bash 90 plus home runs. I don't think so. Like you have to, it's going to take every little um, you know aspect of the game coming together. You're going to need those stops out of the bullpen. You're going to need some clutch hits from the offense. You're going to need some steady defense. And I thought they were they were pretty good defensively. There were a couple probably a couple plays they'd like to have back, but they were above average in that regard. And so um, you know when that all comes together, I think Nebraska has the look of a team that can play with anybody, as it just showed. And you know the, the really good teams can do it with two of those three things working. You can kind of overcome something when one of those things isn't working. So uh, we'll see how that translates this weekend. I think, quite honestly, Grand Canyon is as much of a challenge uh, as what Nebraska just saw from its tour of the Big Twelve South. So we'll kind of see how that shakes out, but. Uh, no doubt. I mean, early on this season, Nebraska is uh, putting itself to the test and kind of figuring out who it can trust in some big spots. We'll talk about the starting rotation here. It's the same on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday with Sears, Walsh, and Clark. But Drew Christo gets the start on Thursday. Evan, do you think that's a good sign that he's maybe one of Nebraska's midweek guys moving forward? Uh, maybe. I mean, they still have a couple weeks to go before they need to make decisions on that. And I think... If you would have asked the coaches a month ago, they probably would have said they wanted Drew Christo in that weekend rotation, and they've just been building up his arms. So we'll see how that shakes out. I mean, certainly it does appear that he's headed for a starting role uh, in some respect, whether that's in that rotation uh, in the weekend or maybe a Tuesday-Wednesday guy. But uh, you know, tonight, I mean, it's a huge opportunity for him, first of all because uh, of what Grand Canyon has offensively, but also – the way that the Grand Canyon is setting up their rotation, they're, they're kind of going the other way where they're throwing their ace, uh, Daniel Avatia, who uh, is a bona fide future MLB draft prospect. And so they're starting strong on Thursday. And then you look at the back half of their 
weekend, and they have a couple freshmen who are starting Saturday and Sunday. So, I mean, it's a major chance for Nebraska tonight to um, maybe kind of steal one, quite honestly, from a guy uh, on the other side who has been pitching at a really high level for you know a season plus now for GCU. So, uh, you know, Christo's always had the stuff. He's always had the intangibles. He's a competitor. It's just been about the command and about like being able to overcome a blue pit that lands or, uh, you know, a walk at a, at a bad time. And so he struggled a little bit with that. He, he mitigated the damage last weekend in a bullpen uh, appearance. And now he's going to get a chance in his fourth career start to see what he can do against a pretty good lineup. You mentioned Brett Sears and Will Walsh being pretty much as advertised, but Caleb Clark, we talked about him a little bit, getting the ball on Sundays to start last season. He got it on, on Sunday against Oklahoma to start two and two thirds uh, in, in his first start, three hits and three walks, but only one run allowed. Not the greatest line, maybe not what Caleb Clark was hoping for in his season debut. Did you see any growth and progress from Caleb Clark in his first start from last year? Well, I think the difference was, at least in his first start, uh, the traffic on the bases didn't come back to bite him. I mean, he was able to wriggle out of the jams in those first couple innings, and then his bullpen uh, bailed him out um, you know, in that third inning. And so the ERA doesn't look too bad. I mean, I think 3.38 ERA, you'll, you'll take that any time. But it's just not maybe a sustainable recipe for success when you are walking more than a batter per inning, you're giving up some hard contact, you're having to rely on your bullpen to uh, you know, keep you out of some jams there late. So, you know, it's going to be tough for him. Like, I I think the, the, the same thing for him in terms of his next step is what it was for Christo, and that's just command. It's, it's uh, you know, not hitting batters. It's putting the ball where you want and what they preach under Rob Childress is attack the strike zone, trust your stuff, and then let your defense work for you and your defense. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It can't work for you when you're throwing ball four. So I think just ironing out those mechanics, uh, you know, maybe having that first start under his belt now this season can calm some of those nerves moving forward. Uh, you know, clearly the staff is not giving up on Caleb Clark. He's just a sophomore. Um, they, they've always liked what he's about, and so he's going to get another chance this weekend. Um, but, you know, if, if, you, if you struggle against GCU and, and maybe you struggle against College of Charleston in a week, um, as we saw last year, um, Nebraska's not above making changes and trying to figure out guys who can fill that spot. So I think it is a big start for Caleb Clark just to show that some of the offseason gains he made in the summer and in the fall can carry over into the season. We're talking Oscar baseball with Evan Blaine of the Omaha World Herald on our Allo VIP line. Let's flip it over to the offense, Evan. The guy that led Nebraska in hits last weekend was Josh Overbeek, but he's out with a broken finger. What's the plan for third base now? Yeah, it was a bummer about Overbeek. I mean, he had a really good weekend, switch hitting, handled everything at third. Uh, he's one of the, I think, quickly become one of the leaders on the team. 
And so now he's out for, you know, three to four weeks with a broken finger on his throwing hand. And so you're going to see, I think, some new faces in there. Uh, you know, if you go back to the red-white series in the fall, uh, the, the other starter at third base was Dylan Huft, who's a junior college transfer, and his game is a little bit more speed. I mean, he stole a lot of bases and, and was a high-average player uh, at the junior college level last year. You might see Rhett Stokes, who's who, who's kind of the same player, another JUCO ad, who has some speed and a little bit of pop. Um, I think he'd probably start there. And then I think they could also, if you need, you could throw Ben Columbus out there, who maybe people uh, forgot about. He didn't start uh, this weekend or didn't didn't appear this weekend. He's a catcher, senior, who can also play some third base, kind of has some of those old Luke Roscom vibes from a few mm-hmm. years ago. He can play at the hot corner. So I, they have some options there. I, I don't think you're going to see Dylan Carey move back to third where he played last year. I think you're going to see him stay at shortstop. And then they're just going to see among those guys that I just mentioned, um, you know, who can who they feel maybe is most reliable in the field and who has the hottest stick going in. Okay, between Roskam and Columbus, who has the better facial hair? <laughs> well, Roskam had some of that reddish hue going on, so I, I think you got to give him the nod just on on you know shade and, and color alone. Fair enough. Um, taking a look at the rest of the Husker offense here, Evan. Um, pretty good weekend. Pretty good start for Riley Silva. Dylan Carey was pretty clutch. Had some big hits. Josh Karen did his thing. But Nick Sainer and I spent some time going back and forth on Gabe Swanson. Rough opening weekend for him. And Nebraska asks him to lay down a sacrifice bunt in a tie game in like the fifth or sixth inning against Texas Tech. I looked up the numbers later and he and I were arguing about basically like two-tenths of a run difference in run expectation. But the point remains, Nebraska asked its one of its best power hitters returning from last year to lay down a bunt. Nick was okay with it, saying, hey, sacrifice the at-bat, show that you know when you're struggling, every at-bat is you know bigger than yourself, it's about the team. My side was, he's one of your best hitters. You know, every at-bat is a chance for him to break out of a slump, don't take the bat out of his hands in a game that I think you're going to potentially need more offense where do you fall in the decision to, to bunt Gabe Swanson there in a tough opening weekend for him? I mean, they're both good arguments, and I think that's why I wrote about it specifically after the game. It was notable that Gabe Swanson had never laid down a sack bunt his couple seasons at Nebraska to this point, and some of it was game situation, I think. It was a I believe it was a tie game at the time. They had runners at first and second, no outs, and, and you know, the reason that that it became even a talking point is because ultimately the guys behind him weren't able to drive in the runs. They couldn't mm-hmm. uh, make contact with one out and a runner on third. And then, you know, with two outs, you didn't get the clutch hit either. So I, that comes into focus a little bit more there. So I think it's partly that. I think it's partly the slow start that he's had. And I asked Will Bolt about this this week. And, and he said, you know, Gabe has tended to be a slow starter. He was a little bit of a slow starter in the fall, and he was a slow starter last year. And I had forgotten this, but you go back to the opening weekend at San Diego last year, I think he only played in one game. So, you know, he he came on as as the temperatures warmed up, so did his bat as he went along. So I think from those kind of perspectives, it makes a little bit more sense. But I I think, too, it, it sends a strong message that Nebraska does plan to be a small ball type of team. They're going to put the bunts down. They're going to steal some bags, which they did. And they are, they've long been, Will Bolt has long been of the philosophy that at the college level, it's a, it's less about playing for the beginning and it's more about putting pressure on a defense, right? Like if this is the major leagues, you're not seeing a guy lay down a button that spot because what wins you games is a beginning in college. 
you lay that one down, there's no guarantee that that ball doesn't get thrown away or, or that a fielder can't make it at that level. So I think all those things kind of went into that decision. Ultimately, it didn't work out. Um, but I, I would expect if you see a similar situation crop up that Nebraska would make uh, you know no bones about doing that again. That's the small ball aspect. Only one long ball from Nebraska came in the first at bat of the season for Garrett Anglum, who came in for Gabe Swanson then as the defensive replacement. What's Anglum's role? Is he a platoon guy? Is he a midweek guy, defensive replacement guy? What do you see his role being? No, I think he's a. I mean, I think he's a starter. I mean, he did come off the bench in that first game, like you mentioned. But I just think it's a reflection of the depth that they have. I mean, you have Swanson, you have Riley Silva. Who's been good? You've got Anglum, um, you know, Clay Bradford got a start. He was a guy who hit 400 at the the level he was at last year in Division Two. So, like, you just have uh, just a little bit more, I think, to work with there. And you've got Cole Evans, too, who they like long-term. He was their Nebraska's top returning hitter. I think they're only returning 300 hitters from yeah. last year. So it's just a matter of, of finding a way to get those guys in there and, I think there were there was another game where Anglum started and uh, somebody else maybe came on that I mentioned. I think maybe Bradford in in a later inning. So like I think you're just going to see a lot of that. I think they have a lot of depth there. You'll probably see that whoever the designated hitter is coming from an outfield spot quite often. So I, I think that's really more than you know a reflection of Anglum. It's a, it's a reflection of just the depth they have at that position. We've kind of talked about it a little bit, but four games set for Nebraska and Grand Canyon. What are the like the two or three biggest things fans need to know about GCU? I mean, they're really balanced. They they're a winning program. Uh, Ten of the last eleven full seasons, they've got winning records. They were a regional team two and three years ago. You look at uh, what they did last year and what they're already starting to do this year. They don't walk many batters from the mound. They do strike out guys at a high rate, and they make contact with their bats. So it's, I mean, it, it's the sort of team, quite honestly, that Nebraska is aspiring to be to one that's sound defensively, one that doesn't make mistakes uh, on the mound, and then one that can beat you in a lot of different ways uh, with the bats. And so, uh, from what I've heard about GCU's ballpark, it's a fun place to play. They totally, re, uh, you know, renovated it five or six years ago. Uh, so you're going to get big crowds out there. You're going to have a loud student section. It, it's going to be nice, nice weather down there in the Southwest. So I think all that uh, plays into it. And, and again, the, the guy they're going against tonight, Avatia, is their ace. That'd be a, a huge way for Nebraska to start the weekend if they can get something going against him. Um, and then otherwise, I just think these are two programs that are on similar footing in a lot of ways, and this is a big RPI opportunity mm-hmm. for Nebraska where you talk about the value in winning true road games against a team that's probably going to have another strong record when things are all said and done, a team that's the favorite to win the Western Athletic Conference. So, um, you know, they have a couple of, of notable players, but it's just a deep team that's, that doesn't beat itself, and I think Nebraska needs to kind of follow the same blueprint if it's going to have a winning weekend. Is two enough for Nebraska to stay, you know, quote unquote, on pace with where it might need to be for any postseason hopes? Yeah, I think so because it's on the road and because of uh, the RPI that you figure GCU is going to end with in the record. I think you, you split. You probably feel pretty good about that. Um, three obviously uh, would be a big success, and then one, I, I suppose, depending on how it happened, would be a little bit tough to stomach. But yeah, I, I think two is probably the baseline. 
There you go. It's Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald with us here on our Allo VIP line. Follow him on Twitter at Evan Bland, O-W-H, Omaha.com for anything else we're missing here on Husker Baseball. Evan, as always, appreciate the time. We'll talk again next week. Thanks, Austin. See ya. Once again, Evan joined us on our VIP line brought to you by Allo Fiber, where they understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. Good stuff from Evan there on Husker Baseball. We're getting ready to turn the page to Husker Basketball. 85-70 victors, Huskers over the Hoosiers, Scarlet over the Crimson. Stricky just about ready to hop on. We'll end up our one of on the block here in just a sec. Bring in the Husker Hall of Famer to talk some Husker hoops here soon. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.